Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here. Uh, and before we get started today, I will remind you about the Locked on NBA podcast. It was perfect timing to mention the Locked on NBA podcast because our co-host today uh, is a frequent host on that show. But you can get all the latest analysis from across the league. And on Thursdays, you have Justin Gat- uh, Jackson Gatlin and Matt Moore on that show. But for today, a regular guest on the show from the rival Locked on Celtics podcast, <laughs> John Corrales. How you doing, man? The bitter, that bitter rival. Uh, I'm doing great, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. And I mentioned this to you just before. Uh, we've got you on here. We're going to talk a little bit of Celtics, what they did over the offseason. Obviously, the Bucks and Celtics will be playing on Christmas Day as well. Also, Semi Ojale. We want to learn a little bit more about that acquisition for the Bucks and free agency. I think it was one that... I'm going to say I don't think everyone had circled on their list of free agents they thought the Bucks <laughs> were going to pick up. But it did remind me the last time we had you on this show, we were talking about uh, Jeff Teague. And I don't know what to say about what happened with Jeff Teague. He said himself that he got an A on the group project. Uh, this was a yeah. man playing minutes in the NBA Finals. <laughs> man, The man got his ring. He kind of tagged along. He is, uh, he is a remora on the back of the great white shark that was Giannis Antetokounmpo in the Bucks, and he got to eat when they all ate. So, hey, you, no matter what you want to call him, you still got to call him champ. So good for him for, for making those rounds, and, and you know, it, it, wasn't gonna, it wasn't working out exactly like they thought in Boston, but congratulations, <laughs> even though – if we really want to look back and remember at the, remember the Jeff Teague minutes, they will not be remembered fondly, but he still has a ring and we don't. So no, jokes it, on us. It, it did set off uh, Bucks Twitter every time he was on the floor, but it was kind of through necessity. And I don't think it was, uh, I, I would say, I don't think that it was a shock to anyone that perhaps the biggest need that everyone thought out of the offseason for the Bucks would be back up point guard to get George Hill. But uh, as you said, doesn't take anything away from the fact he's been in the league a long time and now he, now he gets a championship. So I'm sure yeah. – I would, ho- I would hope he does not give one shit about that. Let's just say that. Yeah. No, I don't think he does. I think he's made plenty of money. He's got a championship. I don't think he cares about much. So as far as the Celtics go, and I mentioned the Locked On Celtics podcast as a rival, but Boston in general, it, it felt a little bit weird. I, I thought that – there was going to be a collision course last season. The Bucks and the Celtics would just end up facing off in a playoff series again. We know late in the season, the Bucks potentially could have moved into that two seed the, uh, in, that, in that range where you ended up playing the Nets. They didn't do so. They played Miami. What were your expectations coming into this offseason for the Celtics? And then how have you viewed the moves that they've made? Because I was actually... Oh, I was writing something about the Josh Richardson extension, which we can get into the other day, but I was just looking mm-hmm. through and 
the Celtics have just been such a fixture of the Eastern Conference playoffs now for over a decade. I think they've missed once in 12, 13 years, whatever it is. But last year, they always did seem to feel like they were a team that was kind of there and they were going to play playoffs, but they weren't, they weren't the Celtics. They weren't the Celtics that you thought could go on a run to a championship. And I, I thought that they were going to try and make some moves to get back into that bracket this year. So I think the thing about this year's Celtics team with, you know, maybe with Danny Ainge, they might have. Maybe with Ainge, they might have made a little bit of a different push. And he would have convinced Wick Grossbeck and the ownership group to spend into the tax and prepare to spend deep into the tax. And here we go. It's, now is the time to win. I, I look back on, on what Ainge has done over the past few years, and I think, I can see why he did these things, and I don't, I don't blame him. I thought, I thought he's been a, a really good GM, but it turns out now, looking, at, looking back at it, that he might have been chasing his tail a little bit with some of his moves, and, and maybe, maybe the, the Kemba move was a bit of a – it didn't work out. We know it didn't work out. Maybe, maybe there was a different direction for them to go, but neither here nor there. With Brad Stevens, I think all of what Ainge did did leave some – loose ends. And I, I don't think the ownership group was willing to pay the tax or, well, well, sorry, they weren't willing to pay the tax for what this team was perceived to be. What they did last season, the way they, they could just never find what we would call that grit, that determination, that, that something to fight through the circumstances. They just couldn't do that. And so I think they're, they're, the Celtics needed to clean up a lot of those loose ends. And so they traded Kimball Walker. He just he wasn't going to work. They, they got Al Horford back. They cleaned out uh, Tristan Thompson. And I don't know that they're going to keep Chris Dunn or Bruno Fernando. They, they got themselves down around the tax line, a couple of extra moves. They'll get below the tax line. They still have built a team with some level of promise that, can, you know, if things go right, they can end up, they can still end up with home court in the first round. If things go wrong, then they're at the bottom of the standings, but still a playoff team. I still think they're a playoff team. And I think they've given themselves some flexibility. Do you want to make a trade? Do you want to build around this core? Do you want to, how do you want to do it? I think, I think they've put together in the end a decent team with some decent depth, with some question marks that, We'll have to wait to see how they're answered. Josh Richardson, Dennis Schroeder, uh, starting Marcus Smart, starting Robert Williams. How are all of those things really going to work out? So I think everybody in Boston understands that this is a bridge here, that this team is going to be very temporary, but it still has an opportunity to be fun. And there's a non-zero chance that at the trade deadline, they're going to be good enough where the Celtics – end up being buyers. So all in all, not a bad first offseason for Brad Stevens, uh, able to accomplish some goals in, who knows, maybe a fun team. I'm always curious to ask people that cover the Celtics like yourself, Celtics fans, where they stand with Marcus Smart. What, what did you think <laughs> was going to happen? Well, I, I, my initial thought going into this season or, or, or this summer was that Smart, was a real, a real risk to be moved. Like, I, I'm surprised at the extensions that were handed out because I thought the Celtics were looking at potential cap space 
And I thought that they were going to say to Marcus Smart, to Robert Williams, say, look, this is where we are financially. We're going to play out this season. And yes, there's a risk. There is a risk that you'll be traded. Yes. But also, if, if things go the way we want, we want to keep you. We just have to work through some things. So we'll negotiate. We'll do it in good faith. It'll be after this season. So I, I was prepared for that to end up being Marcus Smart going to another team or even the Celtics letting Marcus Smart walk because they wanted to sign a third star, a Bradley Beal, into cap space. Then, you know, that was always kind of a long shot, but it looked like that's how Brad Stevens was kind of gearing things up. You know, he got Richardson, he got Schroeder, he got, he got guys on, on these expiring deals, and I was like, well, that's what, four or five expiring deals that the Celtics have? It, it looks like they're pointing towards cap space. But then Brad Stevens handed out the extensions, <laughs> and I think what, what ended up being the reality was the Celtics still want some flexibility. They want to see how smart works as the starting point guard. He has never had a consistent starting role. And so for all that we like about Marcus Smart or dislike about Marcus Smart in Boston, there's one thing that's, that's kind of held him back, and it's he's mostly come off the bench, and he's mostly filled in for guys, especially the past few years, that have gone down due to injury. So you have Kemba missing time, so Marcus Smart fills in as the starting point guard. When Gordon Hayward got hurt, Marcus Smart filled in as the starting two. When Tatum or Brown got hurt, you see, Tate, you, you see Smart fill in for those guys. And, so, and he's had to guard every single position. He calls himself a stretch six as, <laughs> as a joke. So I'm really curious, and I believe he can be a good starting point guard. I believe in his passing ability. He's a smart player, a high IQ player, and I think that he can run a team. But I'm very curious to see if the reality meets my expectations. All right, John, let's take a quick second now to talk about our friends at Sweatblock and specifically Sweatblock Wipes, which uh, regular listeners of the show have heard me talking about over the last week or so here. Sweatblock Wipes are doctor-created and doctor-recommended. They work for up to seven days per use. And of course, there is the dry shirt guarantee. If Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you can get your money back. So you get to wear whatever you want to wear. It's your little secret to confidence. And this is a must-have for everyone's toiletry bag, whether it's a big presentation or a hot date, everyone can benefit. We know there are some things that just aren't fun to talk about them. One, one of them is sweating. You know when you're sweating through your shirts for no reason. It's embarrassing. So I've said it before. We've all been there. We've, we've, we've been wearing a gray T-shirt, whatever it may be. You're sweating. You, you, don't, you don't want that. You don't want that when you're out in public. So sweat block wipes can absolutely help with that. All you have to do is go to sweatblock.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off, or you can purchase sweat block wipes at Amazon or CBS. All right, let's get to the marquee name of this show. Shemi Osley. <laughs> so I mentioned right at the top, we were actually doing a podcast and I, we were probably talking something about the playoffs. So who knows, just being silly. Then this, uh, this tweet comes through. Or actually, I think it was post to PJ Tucker, uh, non-signing or signing down in Miami, which 
the timing of this was really interesting, John. So obviously, a lot of Bucks fans are looking at this saying, okay, well, you're not going to pay PJ Tucker. Is this the owners just being cheap? Particularly when the, si- the free agent signing of Ojale comes through. Now, I think what the Bucks did moving forward in the next couple of weeks with some of the signings they made clearly shows that they weren't exactly avoiding a luxury tax bill, that's for sure. And the question will always be, well, what happened with PJ Tucker? Why didn't that pan out? But Semi Ojale, obviously, going back a couple of years ago, had a couple of memorable moments on Giannis. And right. the Giannis went, Stopper. The Please Giannis, address him by his full name. Well, that's true. And we, we actually feel <laughs> we actually feel comfortable calling him that now. So that's that's the crazy thing about it. But it, it does feel that from someone that, that doesn't cover the Celtics, doesn't watch the Celtics night in and night out. It felt that that was almost the peak of Ojale, and he's kind of been off the radar over the last two seasons. What, what's going on with Ojale? Because he did seem, for a period of time, a guy that Brad Stevens liked, that the organization really liked, and then he kind of just plateaued. Is that just semi Ojale? Is there anything else to read into that? No, I don't think there's much else to, to, to read into it. I think, I think Ojale has a very specific kind of role in the league, and it is actually a lot of that P.J. Tucker type of role. Mm-hmm. He, he can guard up and, because he's strong. I mean, he is, you know, he's going to walk around with his shirt off at the practice facility and people are going to be like, oh, what? <laughs> like, what? Um, and he's, he's a strong guy who works hard and can, can do a few things that you ask him to do. And he'll, he'll hit shots – um, his three-point percentage has kind of been up and down, but the past couple of seasons, it's been, it's been decent. And the question now will be, how much, how much time does he get? What's the opportunity exactly? Will it be a very defined role? And frankly, he hasn't played off of anybody as good as, as Giannis. So even, even when you look at Jason Tatum, Tatum hasn't had the impact on individual games quite like Giannis has. And I, I think the Bucks know who they are. Where the Celtics over the course of four years of Shemi Ojale's career have been trying to figure out who they are. You know, he started off with Gordon Hayward here and started off with Kyrie Irving here and then Kemba Walker came in and all of this. There have been many iterations of the Celtics and, and Ojale has been – kind of asked to do a lot and and I don't know that he's going to go out there and guard threes for you but if you want a guy to go out there and guard fours and be that PJ Tucker kind of really small ball five kind of guy there's there's potential in in Shemi Ojale and and again I've seen him I, I know how hard he works so that's not going to be an issue and the question is can he find that consistency in a consistent role uh, I I was actually thinking that he might go to the Lakers because he could fill a, a specific role there. But um, having him try to be PJ Tucker, it's actually I think a pretty shrewd move by the Bucks. And I'm not saying it's going to work just the same, but he he the potential is there. It's not outrageous to me to think that Shemi Ojale can give you enough of what PJ Tucker did to say, okay, we're, we're okay with what he's giving us. We can, we can deal with this. 
The PJ Tucker comparison, for obvious reasons, is one that people are going to want to make for, the, as you pointed to, the ability to play the four and five as sort of an undersized big. Um, the, the strength, of, we know Ojale obviously is a massive guy. One of the things that I found interesting with the Bucks playoff run is wondering what happened if Dante DiVincenzo didn't get injured. So PJ Tucker was coming off the bench and it was kind of clunky because it's like, well, what do you do with this guy? He's coming off the bench. He doesn't do anything offensively. You're not giving him a, a matchup right from opening tip. You can work some things out. But I, I think your point about the defined role and where Ojale finds himself in the rotation will be interesting. And oftentimes with Boonholzer, we've seen it. It can be as simple as whether or not you can hit the three-point shot. If he's still consistent, he was at 38% last year. If he's consistently around that that mark next year, then I can see that they could work something out, but I don't see a way that he starts. So uh, I, I'm not sure how they, they work out the rotation to have a, a guy that is in many ways limited uh, play that mm-hmm. consistent role. Yeah, I mean, he is limited. He's, a, you know, don't have him dribble the ball. You know, yeah. like yeah. don't, <laughs> he's, he's, he's going to have a, a role. He, you know, maybe you can try to, to, pull more out of him. I mean, he's almost 27. So it kind of, kind of is who he is, but you know, it's never too late for him to learn, you know, new things. And, and again, playing off of Giannis, playing off of Middleton, playing off of holiday. It's just a different, different thing. I, one of my favorite things to say about the NBA is situation matters. So guys who have flamed out in, in other cities can go to a place and all of a sudden, boom. I mean, you know, you, you guys, you guys saw that, this past season with Bobby Portis. I mean, all of a sudden, a guy can just have – and it goes from series to series. So the matchups matter. And, and I, so, yeah, Ojale is limited. But you're not asking him to do too much. Sometimes the Celtics might have asked him to do a little too much. And, and playing the three is not his, his strength. But he's also 6'6". And, you know, if you're – if you're trying to go big and you have him at the three, you're going to struggle a little bit. If you're going small and you have him in those roles, then he has the potential to give you exactly what you're looking for. Um, just it's a, it's a do, do your job type of thing. Give him the job to do. Give him the job to focus on all season. If that's the consistent job that he can do, then I wouldn't be surprised if you get tweets from people in Boston going like, where the hell was this Shemi Ojale? You know, like on Christmas Day, Shemi Ojale could can drop like four or five from three and and guard, you know, Al Horford well. And all of a sudden, you know, the Bucks run away with it and people go, What? Where was this guy? And, you know, it's different, different role, different situation. So the one thing I did want to ask you about him is the personality side because I've, I've heard this for years. Everyone that covers the Celtics loves this guy. I haven't really mm. heard much of a, a bad thing about him. So you've been there, you've spoken to him, you know him. Uh, w- what is he like as a player to cover, as a personality that's going to come into the locker room? He's, he, I mean, he's great. He's great. He's going he's gonna to go in there. He's, he's going to, you know, I think, be a, a great locker room presence. He is. Um, even, even when he wasn't playing, he, you know, kept upbeat attitude. You know, when you talk to him, if you're interviewing him, he's, he's going to be, you know, thoughtful. He's going to give you a real answer. He's, you know, uh, he's not going to be overly open, but, um, he's, you know, he's, he's a good guy. He's just a flat out good guy, works hard, uh, you know, God fearing guy that, 
that wants to come in there and do the work and, you know, try to help the team win. I, I, every, everyone says the same thing about Shemi because that's, you know, there's no, there's nothing bad you can say about Shemi as the person. We can talk about limitations as an NBA player, but as a person, no one should have anything bad to say about Shemi Ojale because he's, he's, you know, he's going to keep to himself. Mostly he's not going to go out searching the spotlight. He's going to work his, his butt off and he's going to, you know, make whatever friends he makes in the team. He's not going to be disruptive on the team. And one of my favorite things that Shemi did was on nights where he got DNP'd, which is, you know, plenty. uh, The Celtics in the locker room had their weight room next to right next door. And you would hear him throwing the medicine ball, doing that side, working on his obliques, just throwing the medicine ball up against the wall. And I swear we thought the thing was coming through the wall. <laughs> he would, at the end of a game, if he got DNP, he's like, got to get my workout in somehow. So we'd go in there and he would go through a full workout. By the time all of our post-game scrums were done, he'd come out like full drenched sweat after an hour and a half, full workout in the gym next door. He'd be like, Damn, like guys who we were interviewing in the scrums would stop as the ball was pounding going, damn, Shem, you're going to go break this wall down. <laughs> so, so he is going to work, work, work. If things don't work out in, in, in Milwaukee, it's not going to be for lack of effort. Sounds like a guy that Giannis would probably uh, get along with. Oh my God. I think <laughs> they're, they're going to, they're going <laughs> to get together. And, and I think, um, uh, for sure, for sure, Bond. And, and you know, they, they come from similar backgrounds, too. So, I mean, you know, they – obviously, Shemi was born in the United States, but ancestrally, I think they, they'll have a connection as well. So, um, yeah, I think Giannis and Shemi are going to get along just fine. Well, it's Built Bar time now, John. Uh, we know. We love the Built Bar. We've got the Locked On Podcast host, DM. We're always talking about Built Bars, our favorite flavors. And with Built Bar, the beauty of it is right now that uh, we're all celebrating freedom of choice because everyone has a different opinion. I'm the type of guy that likes the coconut bar. I know that that's not always the most popular. Justin Garcia, always on the show, not a coconut fan. He prefers the cherry barcia or perhaps the mint brownie. Really, you can't go wrong, but if you aren't, up to date with all those flavors, go to built.com and you'll be able to uh, check out all the different flavors there. They're healthy for you. You can get a mix box, try little bits of every single flavor. So it's pretty easy to navigate, certainly easy to order. And all you have to do is go to built.com and use the promo code locked and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code locked at built.com. And then jump across to betonline.ag because we know you guys are all starting to get excited about football. It's that time of the year again. Attention turning to the NFL. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest 200K NFL survivor contest. It's all open now at Bet Online. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100%. Welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of those and many other offers, including the opening night, the opening day, Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Dallas Cowboys. If you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. 
So this and many other sports, basketball, boxing, whatever you want, your favorite Vegas casino games, you can look them all up at betonline.ag. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. So I've only got a couple more for you, but I have to ask about an old friend, Jabari Parker. I have to admit, it was incredible to sit back and watch the Celtics in the playoffs and see Jabari on the floor. In many ways, it's it's sad, man. I, I've said this before, the way things pan out, the two knees that he had, it ends up on a Sacramento team where no one, even even if you're a hardcore fan, you don't even know that Jabari Parker is on the Sacramento Kings. Mm. Next thing, mm-hmm. he's playing playoff minutes for the Celtics. Yeah, Um I'm guessing those are going to be the last minutes that he plays for the Celtics. Um, when, you, when you're counting on Jabari Parker to give you minutes, uh, you're, in a, you're in a tight spot, and the Celtics were in a tight spot. And the Celtics don't have any power forwards on this team. Like, there are no power forwards on this team. So, theoretically, there is a spot for Jabari Parker or at least someone with the build and theoretical skills that Jabari Parker can bring. It's just not actually Jabari Parker that can help. So, and he's on a non-guaranteed contract, and I think the Celtics waving him uh, maybe a little closer to the training camps to give him an opportunity to get an invite potentially somewhere might, might be uh, a way to go. But I, I just – Ime Odoka is a defensive-minded guy, yeah. and it's this is, you know, the Celtics are putting together, if you start Marcus Smart, Josh Richardson, Tatum Brown, and Robert Williams, like I expect, that can be, at the very least, a really good defensive team. Now, offensively, we'll see where they go, but defensively, those are all guys who can be plus defenders. Where does Jabari Parker fit in that? Where does Jabari Parker fit in the second unit there? So. Um, I don't want the Celtics to add him, keep him for some kind of theoretical positional need and then say, well, we got no minutes for you. Like, it, it just doesn't make sense. So the thing that makes the most sense is cut him, give him an opportunity to go find another opportunity. Like, sorry, Jabari, you know, that, that's, that's going to be his lot in NBA life now. And I don't know where else, I don't know what other chances he's going to get. Well, I've always said this. I hope he latches on somewhere, but uh, it's, it's looking less promising with each season that goes by. Uh, we'll talk about Christmas as we wrap this up. But before that, you can get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski, our friend from Locked On Packers, updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, you did mention Christmas Day. Uh, mm-hmm. We've spoke about Christmas and the fact last year was a drought-breaking home game on Christmas for the Bucks. They've been a fixture the last few years, but hadn't played at home on Christmas since the 70s, but there was no fans. So it feels right. like this is going to be a different experience. I think the city's going to get uh, behind it. But for you, I know you've covered games on Christmas before. The Celtics have played on Christmas a lot. Uh, what do you think of this matchup? It feels like it's going to be fun because the one thing that I will say about the Bucs and the Celtics, even if the Celtics have been losing more games, all the Bucs have been outside the playoff uh, mix. In this Jason Tatum era, we'll call it, uh, they always seem to play some, some pretty damn entertaining and close games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I, I think when people were looking at the Christmas Day schedule, 
this was one of the games where people thought, hey, what, you know, do we really need this particular game? Yeah. yeah. Um, which is fine. You know, I, I, can, I can accept that because, look, it's Christmas, and, and I don't think Nikola Jokic is playing on Christmas, which is, which is mm. weird. The MVP and, and a guy who's kind of rising in the NBA consciousness. So I get it. But at the same time, it's Giannis' defending champs. Jason Tatum is a very highly marketable guy. His, his jersey is at, at the top or near the top of the list, I should say, when the jersey sales come out. So, you know, he's in a ton of commercials. He's very marketable, very, you know, very much the face of the Celtics. So uh, I can understand why, you know, Boston, Milwaukee would be the matchup. And I think it can be a fun matchup. And especially now, you, you start to see some kind of broad similarities in, in now the construction of this team in that you've got a point guard who is known for his defense, right? But Drew Holiday is a better offensive player than Marcus Smart, but you've kind of got that defensive bulldog at the point. You've got your superstar out there on the wing. Um, granted, they play differently in different positions, but you've got that one big superstar uh, Tatum, I don't even want to say he's in the same class as, as Giannis, but uh, definitely a tier that. below. But, you know, you've got that one big guy. You're hoping that Jalen Brown can be what Chris Middleton is in a lot of ways. You're hoping that he can be a, a, a secondary scorer. And you've got, you know, a unique center. And, and, and then, then the fifth starter is kind of like a little bit more of a mystery uh, for, for Boston. But you can kind of broadly kind of, you know, if you, if you make the umbrella big enough, understand like, there's a little similarities here between these two teams. They've met to, you know, they've, they've matched up in the playoffs a bunch. Um, so I think there's a, a little bit of a growing history between these two teams. I always enjoy watching them play. I always enjoy Giannis playing, you know, uh, one of my favorite things to do is to go out and watch Giannis during warmups because yeah. he's just, I mean, pardon the pun, but freakish out there in the warmups because of, you know, how hard he's going in the warmups. And for people who, you know, obviously all the Milwaukee Bucks fans know this, but it is still jarring to see it in person up close because he's always out there with that same tank top and, and sweatpants combo or the, or the, uh, the, the compression pants combo. His torso is like this big. (laughs) <laughs> and his legs are just gigantic. And he just to see the limbs on this guy, like these proportions don't make sense. So anytime I get to see that, I, I know this is the case, but when you see it up close in person, yeah. it's like, wow. Um, so I, I always enjoy this match, but I think these two teams kind of get up for one another. So um, it, for me, it's a great Christmas day game. I think it's a, it's a fun Christmas Day game. And, you know, hopefully this time when Jason Tatum hits the buzzer beater, it's straight through and not off the glass. Yeah, look, if, if, if it, there's going to be a, a buzzer beater or the game's going to finish in a final shot, let's not, let's not make it a bank shot, okay? That's, that's, yeah. I think that's a fair request. That's a fair or, request. Or at least call glass. At least <laughs> yeah. call it when you shoot it. Yeah, don't <laughs> celebrate the bank shot, okay? We know you didn't do that. <laughs> now... We are going to wrap it up there. I, I suspect that we're going to be talking through the season, which is just around the corner now. And uh, to your point earlier about the Celtics in the range uh, that they could finish at the moment, I basically have the tiers as Brooklyn and Milwaukee. And then Philadelphia is a bit of a wild card because we don't know what they're going to do with the yeah. roster 
and then it's wide open. So I, I tend to agree with you. I said the Celtics have been a fixture in the postseason for over a decade, and, and they have. So uh, they'll be thereabouts, man. I think it's going to be interesting, interesting to see what the Celtics do with this roster and how it uh, ends up the season. But uh, we always appreciate you coming on the show. It's always fun to chat. Yeah, man. It's always, hey, man. I, 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 think, I think Celtics and Bucks this season, throughout the season, is going to be an interesting kind of, kind of to see where they fall because what we, we might end up getting a, a playoff podcast between the two of us. Wouldn't surprise me at all. So that's John Corrales from Locked on Celtics. You can also catch him on, is it just Wednesdays on Locked on NBA? Wednesday night, Wednesdays on the Locked on NBA, yeah. Wednesdays on Locked on NBA as well. So make sure you check out uh, those shows and subscribe to those. And for us, uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Last pod to wrap up the week. And who knows? We, we said this. We thought there was no news that Budenholzer are extended. So I'm not going to even say that there's not going to be any news. Let's just wait and see what happens. Uh, stay safe. We'll catch you guys tomorrow.